Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHayes. I'm obsessed with all things business and fitness. I left my career as a TV reporter, followed my dreams, and created a multiple six-figure online coaching business in just one year. Now I'm sharing my strategy with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Again, welcome to the Taylor Living Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Taylor Living Podcast. So thanks for hanging out with me. I want to say, you know, it is, I don't know where you're at in the country right now, but I'm looking outside my window and I'm in Cleveland, okay, but we have gotten so much snow lately. I mean, we got about a foot on one night alone. And then I'm from Texas originally, right? So my my parents are out there, you know, dealing with frozen pipes. And I just feel like no matter where you're at in the country, it is kind of a hot mess right now when it comes to the winter weather. So if you're catching this months down the road and it's July or something, um, <laughs> that's me wishful thinking into the future. Um, all right, guys. So I've gotten a lot of questions about creating the perfect intake form. Okay. So what do I mean by intake form? Before you start working with a client, this is your opportunity to get all of the right information. Okay. Typically I send out a pretty good portion of this with my application, right? So I have a pretty good snapshot of the client before I've even like started working with them. However, what I'm noticing is working with certain coaches or having questions, these clients after they have hired you and you're getting them set up with whether it be macros or a program or whatever, there's plateaus that are being hit very quickly. There's underlying health issues that you didn't know about. There are pivots that need to be made that should have been made at the beginning that were not. And I want to give you the guide to what I consider, I'm calling it the perfect intake form. There's always room for improvement, but I will tell you, this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite favorite parts of coaching is the fact that I pride myself in having a very detailed intake form. So one thing I am going to go over is how I outline that and giving you the guide to really making sure that you are asking the right questions, okay? So when you're coaching, it's not just black and white. It's not just numbers. It's not, hey, how much are you eating? Okay, this is what I need for setting macros. Macros are a great tool, but a lot of your clients will not be able to start there. So let me first say that I have heard from several coaches recently Newer coaches in particular, newer macro coaches are struggling because what they're doing is they're finding a client who has never tracked their food, never tracked their intake, and they're giving them macros to start. Guys, if you have never squatted, I'm not going to put you under a barbell, right? So if you have never tracked your food in any capacity, I'm not going to give you macros, okay? So... I'm going to go through this step-by-step step and give you kind of the outline. So I want you to think about features and benefits. I want you to think about all of the features with working with you and how that's going to benefit your client in the long run, okay? This is like a, a transformation map in a sense, okay? You're kind of taking them through the process and walking them through what it's going to be like to work with you, okay? So the first thing 
that you need on your intake form is going to be some kind of goal setting, okay? What are their goals? What are their short-term goals? What are their long-term goals? Is this somebody who is about to embark on a contest prep or is this somebody who is just wanting to lose some some extra weight to feel better? Maybe they want to be able to run and play with their kids in the backyard again. Maybe this is a mom who recently had a baby and she's trying to get her, you know, pre-pregnancy body back. Where are the goals? Because we're, we're trying to figure out if this person is looking for just health goals, more aesthetic, where that falls, right? And that's going to change our trajectory for where we're starting, okay? Then the biggest thing is going to be the why. Figuring out your client's why is incredibly invaluable. Does this person want to be lean? Ask them. I will feel X when I achieve Y because Z. Okay, it is up to you to figure out the why. Oftentimes, clients may not just flat out say it. For example, if you are like me, um, I work with a lot of clients that are overcoming disordered eating, overcoming binging, things of that nature. No, they do not have diagnosed eating disorders. That is something that I would pass off. But they're still struggling with binging on the weekends and of that nature. So sometimes they will say that their why is I want to lose weight, right? But if that person is under eating and that person is binging, you can kind of coach them and figure out like, well, actually, isn't your why more of like to feel healthier, to reduce food anxiety, all of that, right? And that becomes their why and you can kind of figure that out. So so something may not be totally obvious at first, like you have to ask the right questions in order to lead them where you need to go. But again, coaching is an art and mindset is huge. So, you know, for example, my why for my coaching personally is very different than my 16-year-old self or my 21-year-old self or now my 28-year-old self, right? So your motivating factors will change and it's up to you to stay on task with your client. So then I want you to create a snapshot of their life, like Rather not, rather not create it, but gather. Gather a snapshot of their life. So I want you to know everything about their day, okay? Is this person sedentary most of the day? Is this person active in the gym? How many times a week? Does this person lift weights? Do they do CrossFit? Do they cycle? Do they run? What is their training protocol? How many days a week? How intense? Tell me about what they do after work. Do they go home to sit on the couch and watch Netflix? Do they maybe have something that their family encounters on? You you, you don't ever know, right? Because I always want to say when somebody is physically active, okay, you can still live a very sedentary life, all right? I will use myself as an example. I mean, I... I'm at my desk all day, which is why I have a little baby stepper that I got on Amazon and I will literally get up once every 90 minutes or two hours and I will just step on it for about five to 10 minutes. And over time, that adds up, right? But aside from me going to the gym, I'm not a, you know, I'm not like a factory worker, right? Like I'm not running around. So making sure that you understand a snapshot. And then talking about meals, does this person cook their own meals? Does their husband prepare their meals? Do they live alone? Are they a single parent with multiple children that they are having to cook for? Are they working 
two jobs. Because if you are starting with a client and you're going to embark on a new fitness journey, right? And you're going to have them work on meal timing and meal prepping and they're working two jobs and that becomes a sticking point, that's going to make life a little bit harder for them, right? So all questions to ask. Another thing, I've had several clients come to me and say, hey, I will not give up my Friday date night with my boyfriend or husband or significant other. And that is their non-negotiable. So we have to work around that, right? So figuring out if there is something every week that that client is very attached to that you need to work around and be mindful of. Not everybody is going to have your level of adherence and accountability, right? You are the coach. If somebody likely tells you, hey, here's your protocol, you're going to stick to it, right? Like that's how that works. People are not always going to be like that. So you have to meet them where they are. Now. Let's talk about biofeedback. This is going to be a really big component. And while this is going to be a very big component in your check-in, like your weekly check-in process, it's great to get a snapshot ahead of time as well. So I like to generally ask my clients about a few things. Number one, I like to ask them about their stress levels, okay? How are you balancing work and training? How is your relationship with food? Are you taking time for yourself? Are you getting good sleep? Are you you know, are you, are you sleeping through the night? Are you, um, having any kind of digestive issues, things like that. Stress can relate or stress can cause so many issues, whether it be weight retention, weight loss, uh, whether it be, uh, gut health issues, right? It can also lead to high blood sugar. Um, if you have an advanced client, uh, I'll, I'll t- and I'll just tell you from my experience. So recently I've embarked on kind of a new health and fitness journey myself, uh, working on some gut health. And one thing that I've been doing now is checking my blood sugar uh, morning, noon, and night. Now I am not diabetic at all, but I do know that blood glucose is related to stress. And the higher your stress, the higher your blood sugar will typically be. So for me, I can tell if I break my boundaries and I end up working later than normal, my blood sugar is always higher that night. Okay. So I'm not saying that you need to tell all of your potential clients, Hey, go get a glucometer and check your blood sugar. But that is something to keep in mind in the back of your, in the back of your head as kind of like a tool in the toolbox to bring out if you need. So Stress is a big factor, right? The next thing is going to be your sleep. And I say sleep hygiene because I'm talking about the quality and your patterns. So the quality of your sleep, when did you go to bed? How are you setting up your morning? How are you setting up your evening? What is your bedtime routine? What is your morning routine? When you wake up in the morning, are you just darting out of bed? Are you taking a few deep breaths in the morning? Are you rushing to work? Do you have 10 minutes to get ready or do you have like an hour to kind of get ready, right? What does your morning routine look like? Before bed, are we using a lot of blue light? Are we stopping our, you know, TV consumption, iPhone consumption? Are we still scrolling late at night in bed? I am totally guilty of that, guys. And I can tell my sleep suffers anytime I'm in bed late at night with my phone, right? So it's just one of those things um, that I've had to get better at. And actually, I've set an alarm, not an alarm, a timer rather on my phone for different apps. So I, after I hit like a certain threshold on Instagram, like my phone does not let me use it anymore. Um, and then patterns of sleep, okay? This is going to be very critical for your night shift workers, Um 
you know, when are they going to bed? Are they constantly changing their schedule? Is it harder to, it's going to make it harder to maintain their circadian rhythm. So being very aware of that is going to be very helpful as well. Then we move into digestion. Okay. Are we going to the bathroom? You guys talking about poop is not off limits as a coach. All right. You can learn so much about digestion. I've already told you it could be related to stress, but constipation could also mean that there's a hormonal imbalance. Okay. Um, Are we digesting our food properly? Are we getting super bloated? Did a certain food you eat make you more bloated than another? Are you feeling full? Are you never full? Are you always full? Um, And then if any food, like I said, is causing an issue, I typically encourage my clients to make a note and write that down, right? So um, maybe gluten doesn't cause you problems, but maybe oatmeal does. Maybe uh, certain animal protein you know, doesn't sit well with you. Maybe, you know, just figuring out what works for that client. Then I want to talk about energy. Okay. So what does your energy look like throughout the day? Now we kind of already talked about how you can kind of live a sedentary lifestyle, but still be active in the gym. So I like to talk about meat. Okay. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So all of the movements that you are doing outside of your training. So steps per day. Uh, if you are, if you could see me right now, I'm kind of talking with my hands. That is, that is something that, uh, that is neat. Okay. Any kind of movements you make, uh, getting up and going to the bathroom, sitting back down, walking downstairs, um, any fidgeting you do, talking, just all of that adds up to neat. Okay. So are we super sluggish? Are we getting in a a quality amount of neat? Then the energy throughout the day, where are your clients struggling? Are they having an afternoon slump? Could that mean blood sugar is dropping? Are they consuming way too much caffeine and having adrenal fatigue? Can they even function without caffeine? You guys, I am so guilty. I've, I've said this in all of my podcasts recently, but I am literally on week three of no caffeine. And I will not say that I feel better, but I have not had that afternoon crash that I used to get with caffeine. So I would drink coffee in the morning. I would have a crash around 2 p.m. And I was like, oh my God, I need another cup of coffee. I would have coffee or I would go to the gym and have pre-workout and I would feel fine again. But what I've noticed is my energy levels are much more sustained throughout the day. So that has been very interesting to me to watch, but everybody's going to be different. So um, like I said, one way to monitor can be taking your blood glucose, right? And seeing if there are drastic adjustments or any kind of insulin sensitivity. Um, I keep mentioning this glucometer. You can buy one on Amazon, super cheap, like 30 bucks, and you can get like 200 test strips. Um, so I do recommend that. And maybe you want to experiment on yourself, right? We are our own science projects. We are our own guinea pigs before we bring on clients. So I would encourage you to maybe test that out on yourself if you are curious, right? Because that's how we learn more. Okay. Then I want to talk about hunger. If you've got a client who has been restricting their entire lives or for a long, long time, their hunger cues are going to be dysregulated. Okay. So when are you hungry? Are you always hungry or never hungry? Are you getting enough fiber? What's your meal timing look like? What are your cravings? Um, you know, typically what you will find is most of your clients are going to come to you under eating under eating and not eating enough, their meal timing is probably not going to be the best. And that's okay. That's why we, that's why we get a snapshot like this. But what you'll notice is, uh, the, the leptin and ghrelin is, is oftentimes a little funky. So whenever we start to reverse diet, um, one of the common, uh, 
symptoms is hunger will increase or start to be a little more regulated. And like I said, that's kind of a cue that leptin and ghrelin are being more regulated. And uh, that's awesome. That's what we want. So in a deficit or a contest prep or something like that, it's normal to be hungry. So if your client is hungry, that's not, that doesn't mean something is wrong. But like I said, knowing the difference between never being hungry and always being starving, like those are things to keep in mind. You will also notice that if you have a client that did struggle with anorexia, bulimia, something like that, a lot of the times those people will be always hungry. And that stems from a fear of running out of food. Okay. That's just a psychological reaction. So oftentimes like they will be a really great client for reverse dieting because they will start to feel much more satiated once they're eating a a good amount of food. And I'm not saying, please, please do not take on a client with a disordered eating uh, or with an eating disorder. Rather, you will get people with disordered eating habits or patterns, but something to keep in mind. Okay. And then I want to talk about the last thing for biofeedback is your training recovery. So it's important to already figure out like, hey, what does their training scope look like, right? Home, gym, compound lifts, new, been lifting for 10 years, been lifting for 10 months, like very different snapshots. But is this person always sore? Are they recovering enough? Are they overtraining? Are they lifting seven days a week? Are they lifting four days a week? Like where are they? Are they recovering properly from their strength training? Are they fueling their bodies at the right time? And again, this is something that you're going to figure out once you kind of give them a food log, um, which I'm not going to talk about on this podcast episode, but I do give all of my clients a food log at the very beginning of our time together so that I can see what their food looks like. Because just because somebody is hitting their macros, guys, does not mean they are eating enough of their micros. Okay. So for example, like I've had clients that that crush a reverse diet and they start to plateau or perhaps their weight starts to increase faster than I would like it to. And, and I'll say, okay, let me, let me see a food log. And turns out this person is eating Chipotle six days a week. And while you can make Chipotle fit your macros, six days a week is a lot of fluctuation, right? Like that's a lot of guesstimating. Um, on top of that, I've had people that did not have a single vegetable all day long, even though they were hitting their macros spot on. So less about the, if it fits your macros bandwagon and more about the, yes, we're tracking macros, but what should be filling your macros, not what just fits your macros. Okay. We don't want to get all of our carbs from pop tarts. We want to eat like grains, oatmeal, uh, things like that. Right. So just a good snapshot to get. All right. So that's kind of it for biofeedback. And again, that's going to be part of your check-in sheet as well, but it's really great to get that on your intake form. So you get a really good snapshot of what the client is dealing with at the very beginning. So then I want to talk about expectations. Okay. Figuring out what your client is really expecting from you and making sure that you can follow through with that. Okay. So not only are we looking at, you know, uh, the transformation, but we're also looking at just the expectations in general. And and you can kind of talk about this in your welcome packet if you have one of those or your onboarding email. But I like to make it very clear that, you know, I am available during these times. While I am here for accountability, I do not respond to messages at nine o'clock on a Saturday. And I think just being very open and transparent. And I think a lot of coaches are very 
they're very hesitant to say that and very hesitant to set boundaries. Um, it's something that we're working on in Fitness Coach Academy. Actually, I have a whole mindset uh, boundary setting module because we're so hesitant to set our own boundaries. And I think for new coaches, instilling those boundaries is scary, but it's very empowering. So uh, that's why I think, you know, Fitness Coach Academy um, has been very, very helpful for mindset coaching in particular. But aside from just the expectations and boundaries for a coach client, also, what are the client's expectations? Is the goal to improve their biofeedback? If you saw they were constipated all the time, they're stressed out of their mind, they're drinking 20 cups of coffee a day, you're like, oh, fuck the weight loss. We need to focus, we need to focus on, on bringing down the stress a little bit. Right. Um, or, you know, and, and making sure they can achieve that. Or is this the person that's been in a deficit for 10 years and they need a lot of, a lot of love and nourishment with their reverse diet? Or is this somebody that has been overweight forever and needs to lose weight now because they're at risk for getting type two diabetes? What, what needs to happen? And are you able to help them? right? There's going to be clients that come to you that you've got to say no to, okay? Maybe somebody is out of your scope and that's okay. Do you need to refer out? If somebody needs therapy or blood work or functional medicine or something like that, then you may need to either collaborate with another coach, refer them out entirely, or understand which labs to give them, okay? Whether that be, you know, a Dutch kit, whether that be blood, whatever, right? There's, there's lots of things to identify there, but I'm going to kind of wrap this up here, guys. So again, just to kind of bring it back all together, when you're going through your intake form, you want to check the client's goals, figure out their why, get a snapshot of their life, look at their biofeedback, and then break down the expectations and make sure that this is a right fit for you. Okay. So if you guys need anything, you know, you can find me on Instagram at TaylorFit. And if you are looking to work with us in any capacity, you can always send me an email info at tailored training. Com. But like I said, Instagram DMs, that's where you can find me the easiest. Uh, and I'll see you guys next time. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Tailored Living Podcast. If you're looking for a community of badass go-getters to bounce ideas and answer questions, join my exclusive goal-getter community on Facebook. The link's waiting for you on Instagram. Until next time, bye y'all.